At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Upsize Your Leadership, the podcast about enhancing your effectiveness as a leader wherever you lead, whatever your role. It's great to have you join us today. My name is Mike Armour. For over 20 years, I've provided comprehensive leadership development services for companies large and small. In the process, I've coached over 700 managers, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can learn more about me and my firm at leaderperfect.com. This is my first podcast episode for 2022, and my topic is one which is highly relevant to anyone with leadership responsibilities. We're going to delve into the factors which have mandated greater reliance on leadership styles which are empowering and participative in nature. Then we will examine how this change has elevated the importance of team building, and we will explore five qualities which leaders must instill within their team if it is to be strong and vibrant. Before we take up today's topic, however, let me offer a quick update. Regular listeners know that I've gone several weeks now without posting a new episode of this podcast. Some of you reached out to me to see if some misfortune had befallen me. (laughs) I appreciate your concern, but there has been no misfortune. The simple truth is, my wife and I made several wholesale changes in our personal life during the latter part of 2021, including selling our home of 35 years, moving 30 miles away, downsizing immensely in the process, relocating my office and podcast studio, fighting bouts of COVID in the middle of our move, and scheduling some long postponed surgeries and medical procedures. The result was a calendar which became so overloaded that a number of commitments had to go on back burner for a while, and that included this podcast. It feels great, therefore, to be behind the microphone again and returning to my regular visits with you. I'm particularly excited that our new home provides me a space which has proven ideal for creating a much-improved podcast studio and one which I've outfitted with updated equipment. And, for the first time, I have a designated space for a video studio to produce training programs and other online content. And I have bold plans for taking advantage of these great resources, including two additional podcasts which are in the works. I'll be sharing more with you about these plans in the weeks ahead. But for now, let's turn our attention to the essentials of team building. Over the next 20 minutes, I'll share a number of principles with you which are sure to help you upsize your leadership.
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. A few weeks ago, I sat down in the studios of Close Up Television in New York for a lengthy interview on leadership. At the outset of the interview, the host asked me about leadership and the team-building experience. For today's program, I want to share an excerpt from the discussion which followed. The first voice which you will hear is the programming host, Jim Masters. Jim has had a long, successful career as an interviewer and journalist, especially for media outlets in the Northeast and his work has appeared on all the major cable and television networks nationwide. Here's how he teed up our discussion. One of the things that really fascinates me when you're dealing with leadership, because, you know, the role of leaders has changed Mm -hmm. greatly, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, It used to be that boss up in the ivory tower sort of looking over everything, but now... I think leaders are realizing that there needs to be more engagement with the staff, engagement with those who are working on the front lines to put the product together or to to get the voice, the mission, the vision out to the Mm -hmm. public. And there seems to be this understanding of a more empathetic approach to leadership. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, in part, it is an evolution that has been necessitated by the change in the workforce. You have to keep in mind that our concepts of management developed in an era in which most workers were uneducated. They didn't even have a high school educated uh, education. They went to work in factories or in some other industrial capacity when they were teenagers. As a result, you had a workforce that was not really equipped to take responsibilities that they were individually going to be accountable for and to implement them. So there was a lot of direction in order to keep things on track. With the conclusion of the Second World War, the United States and Western Europe both put a real emphasis on making university education available to the entire public. And with that, we started developing today's white-collar workforce and today's very skilled technical workforce who are not uh, receptive to being told what to do because they have a real confidence that they have the tools, the know-how, and the wisdom to take a ball and run with it. Mm. As a result, that reality has caused, uh, caused managers and leaders to realize the multiplication effect they get if they are more empowering and to be empowering, then they have to be encouraging and motivational, even inspirational in the case of leaders. The other thing is that the people who were really leaders all along were themselves more involved with people and team builders. That's what set them apart. When I first began training in leadership, that and I was in my 20s at the time, there were very few books available on leadership. 
everything that was available was on management. So if you went into the Barnes and Noble equivalent of that day, you might find five or six books on the shelf on leadership, but you would find a wall filled with books on management. And there was good reason for that. We had just come out of the Second World War, which one can argue we won as much because we outmanaged the enemy as we outmaneuvered and outled the enemy. That is to say, our production capability in the United States was able to turn out more war material and more ammunition and get it to the battlefield faster than Germany, Italy, and Japan combined. Mm. And it was that management prowess on the home front, coupled with the leadership on the battlefront, mm. that allowed us to win the war. Well, those organizations that managed the home front right. now transitioned to a domestic economy, and they took that same command and control approach that had gotten them through the war and put it into practice now producing things for the domestic economy. As a result of that, the fascination was with management, not with leadership. And it was only in the late 1980s that a couple or three pioneering books appeared looking longitudinally at management and particular managers uh, individually and discovered that as they traced why these managers stood out from other managers, it was because they had these qualities that today we call leadership. That then began this whole rethinking of what it means to be a leader as well as a manager. Obviously, having a strong team and a support system is crucial. What are some of the key elements to building a strong team, Doctor? One of the most important things is for the team itself to have uh, an, a sense of deep trust in one another. Mm. Uh, Patrick Lencioni, who's done the classic work on what makes teams dysfunctional, says that the first thing you've got to have is trust. And I guess one of the reasons I've resonated with that is because I had reached the same conclusion years before he published that book and had published my book on leadership and the power of trust, in which I had argued that if you were going to have a healthy culture, it had to be trust-based at the, at the, at the base. Um, the fact of the matter is trust is probably the first social value that we as human beings had to develop. Now, there were other social traits that we had, but when you think about the era of the hunter-gatherer economies, yeah. the very primitive tribes, for a hunter to leave for two or three days a week to track down game, kill it, and bring it back, he had to trust that his family was going to be taken care of back right. at, at the village, that his property would be cared for back at the village. And so trust is the fundamental building block of all communities. And when it falls apart, communities fall apart. Well, teams have to collaborate. They have to be of one mind and one vision. And the trust allows them then to harmonize their efforts around that commonality because there will be times that they question one another's judgment. They have to trust the other person to make the right decision to carry out the right uh, set of priorities that are within the game plan, even if it's not quite what I would have expected them to do. The One of the ways that I think about it is that 
There has to be in a team a unifying ethos. Now, that word ethos is the old Greek word that gives us our word ethic. Mm -hmm. But in this case, it doesn't mean ethic. Uh, What it means is a set of unifying principles that become the container in which we do things. And in journalism classes in school, uh, any of us who took those courses were told that a story ought to answer five, five questions. Uh, who, when, where, why, and how. Okay? Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I look at it as something of an adaptation of that to explain the concept of a unifying ethos. That unifying ethos has to say, in effect, uh, this is what we do. This is why we do it. This is how we do it. This is who wins when we do it well. And this is when we will know that we've succeeded. And getting that ethos defined so that the culture is orchestrated around a common set of commitments in those line, along those lines is, is invaluable. Now then, there has to go with that trust, open communication. Mm-hmm. Good teams never worry about over-communicating. Right. And team leaders never worry about over-communicating. In fact... Uh, One professional uh, coach has said that unless your team is saying you've communicated the values of the organization too much, you probably haven't communicated it enough, that you've got to come back to it over and over and over again to keep people constantly reminded that this is what we're about. This is where we're going. In that open communication, which is now possible because of the trust, there has to be a high level of accountability. Not because we don't trust one another, but because we're all human. Right. And because we're human, we're going to slip up and forget to do things that we committed to do or get sloppy about something that we've t- typically done professionally, but we got hurried today, and so we, we really let some things slip. And we've got to have that kind of trust that allows us to call one another to task and to commend one another and build one another up when the uh, time is appropriate to keep the spirit high. Another thing that is vitally important for teams is that there be more we talk than me talk, that this is a team that is doing this. And one of the reasons that teams are so important today is because the complexity of our technology and the complexity of the products we're developing is so great that no one person knows everything that needs to be known to make that happen. A simple way to illustrate this in historical terms is we know who who uh, invented the airplane, who invented the space shuttle, Mm. okay? We know who invented the telephone, uh, you know, who invented the internet. (laughs) The, the, The technology simply outpaces now the ability of any person to know everything that needs to be known to bring a product to market in a way that is going to make it uh, attractive to the buyer and hold up as it should under uh, the usage it's put to and which will allow it to uh, to age with the market and not become obsolete overnight. What you have just heard was 10 minutes from an interview on leadership which ran almost two hours. In future episodes, I will point you to links 
where you can watch or listen to more segments of the conversation. Let me recap the segment which we just heard by reiterating the five characteristics of strong teams which I mentioned. First is a high level of trust. Second is a unifying ethos which, among other things, addresses five critical questions. What do we do? Why do we do it? How do we do it? Who wins when we do it well? And when will we know that we have succeeded? The third characteristic is open communication. The fourth is accountability. And the fifth is more we talk than me talk. I hope that the interview led you to reflect on your own team and how it could be stronger. I'm currently developing an online course on team building, so I'm thinking a lot about this topic of late. And I wonder, what are the greatest challenges which you yourself face in team building? Where could you use the most help in building and managing your team? I'm eager to know. You see, my goal is to build this podcast around themes which have the greatest benefit to listeners like you. That's why your feedback is so important to me. Therefore, would, would you be kind enough to do me a favor? Would you take a moment and drop me an email at podcast at leaderperfect.com? Share your greatest team building and team management challenges with me or suggest other leadership topics which you would like me to address. Your input will help me choose themes for future episodes. And as a special incentive to encourage your input, let me express my appreciation by giving you a free book. In the interview which we just heard, I mentioned my book, Leadership and the Power of Trust. It first appeared in print 15 years ago. Its subtitle is How to Build a High Trust Peak Performance Team. The book is therefore right in line with our theme today. I recently updated the book, and while it's not yet scheduled for reprint, an ebook version of the revised edition will soon be available commercially. But to demonstrate my appreciation for your feedback, I will give you a complimentary advance copy. Again, the email is podcast at leaderperfect.com. Take a moment to offer your comments today. I really do want to hear from you. And before I close, let me ask one other favor of you. By suspending this podcast for several weeks, I have no doubt lost a number of listeners who may have concluded that the podcast has been permanently discontinued. You can help me rebuild my audience, therefore, by sharing a link to this podcast on social media, with friends and colleagues, and by recommending it to your circle of acquaintances. Would you do that for me? I can't overstate how important your recommendations are in drawing more listeners to this program. I look forward to our next visit. Until then, be sure to find some way every day to upsize your leadership.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.